I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yodis B, welcome to the sport of episode 181. Um... As mentioned, this be with me tonight, John. Hello, John. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? We are hoping the other two co-hosts join us tonight. That would be one, Stu and Clarence. They're both out being probably dads, maybe being husbands. We assume there's dad-related things going on. Not sure, but we're going to just uh, move forward and hope that they join us later. So let's get started right off the bat. I want to talk about the Vikings, although I don't know exactly what to say or think about the Vikings at this point. So we're recording this after week five. The Vikings are 5-0, and two weeks in a row of pretty, I think you could call them easy victories, manhandled the other team, if you will. Yeah, it was. It, it's strange to see the Vikings just absolutely dominating. My default mode right now is just confusion. I'm just very confused at why this is happening. It, it's The game of football in general is not supposed to be this easy. Yeah, there's, there has been a long... It's been a long time probably, probably since before I was alive, that anyone could have the reaction I did on last Sunday, which is I missed the start of the, start of the game. And I checked the score about 1 o'clock, and the Vikings were up 14 to nothing. And my first reaction was... Yeah, that's probably enough points for them. That'll They're do. Gonna, that, they'll win now. They scored two touchdowns. And really, I mean, since Alan Page and Jim Marshall were roaming the defensive line for the Vikings, it's really hard to think of another time in which that would be my reaction. Like, Because normally it's like, oh, 14 nothing. they should blow that by halftime. That, that's really, really no problem. But now this team is just like, yeah, this they're going to win now. And sure enough, they ended up blowing Houston out. And Houston, correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but Houston's not terrible. I don't think they're generally terrible. I think that Osweiler had a abysmal day. And some of it was credit, credit the Vikings defense, which has been awesome. But there were other times, too, when there was just guys that were open and he had no pressure on them. I don't know if he's one of those guys that just, because he was pressured early in the game, all of a sudden had happy feet and couldn't. Uh, couldn't relax in the pocket or whatever. But, I mean, he played, again, a lot of the credit goes to the Vikings, but he looked horrible. I'm very glad I'm not a Texans fan. Yeah. That dude sucks. No accuracy. But, I mean, it's still, Brock Osweiler may look terrible, but the Vikings have made good quarterbacks look terrible several times in a row now. Basically every quarterback. 
Yeah, so can you really blame Brock Osweiler for having problems where everyone in the league is having problems with? I don't know. The, the Vikings are very good. What do we do? I don't know what to do with my hands, Brandon. I don't know what to do with, do with my hands. Yeah, it's just there's been a bad – they've had a couple bad halves, I suppose. And the Packers yeah. game was tense. It could have kind of gone either way, it felt like, at the end. But otherwise, it's just been like these low-key, easy Ws. So, yeah, okay. Like, That's like easy. the first half of the season – which you were in person for, it was like, oh my goodness, this team is finishing 0-16. Yeah. This is this is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And then the second half, they just calmly came back and won. Yeah, and even that was, it's, I don't know, it felt like there was a couple sort of fluky things that happened in that game or turn touchdowns or whatever, but they don't really feel fluky anymore. It's just like those things happen. Yeah. And a lot of times when you have a, a 5-0 and team, there is maybe an element a small element of smoke and mirrors or that, you know, they can't recover every fumble for the entire season or whatever. Exactly. They won't go the whole season without turning the ball over. There's a little bit of that, but not as much as you would think from a team that was expected to, I don't even know what the, what the over under ended in Vegas, you know, after the, the Bradford uh, signing, it was maybe eight wins, right? Something like that. Vegas thought we were going to win eight or nine. Yeah, I think that's right. So when a team starts out 5-0, and I remember the, I think it was the Falcons last year or two years ago, they started out 5-0, and but everybody in the NFL was like, no, those guys suck. They just, you know, had some crazy things happen, and there's no way that's sustainable. Um, it doesn't feel, I'm going to laugh at this later, obviously, but it doesn't feel yeah. like that's the sort of squad we have When they're 5-11, right we're going to look back on this podcast and wish that we had never done anything. Right. And because you, if we you need- want to see that, you can make that case because there's been a lot of return touch. There's already been a couple of return touchdowns and defensive yeah, touchdowns. I get that, right? They've had a couple defensive touchdowns, a couple of return touchdowns. That's, that, that stuff is pretty much a crapshoot. But the thing is... They haven't won a single game because of that. It's not like... I was just going to say, big deal, right? You take a couple of those back, they still would probably be 5-0. and Yeah, it's not like the Josh Freeman game where they scored a kick return, a punt return, and a defensive touchdown and won the game, even though Josh Freeman was on LSD and was having trouble seeing his receivers. <laughs> the Doc Ellis game. Exactly. It it hasn't just been one of those games or one of the they haven't played random 6-3 to three games or whatever. They They came out and they dominated Houston. Just pretty much beat them everywhere, and they—it's funny. The defense obviously is the centerpiece in the heart of the team, and there's absolutely no question in it because they are. If you if you go down the statistical categories, they're among the best in every statistical category, and it's really, it's really there. There's nothing they're bad at, and overall, if you look at the overall stat of yards per play, they're the number one defense in the NFL, and I think. I, I don't see any reason it won't stay that way. They're they're constructed such that even if a couple of guys get hurt, they seem to have enough depth on the line and even a linebacker with Chad Greenway, who's 153 years old now, but mm-hmm. at, at least is able to step in on a temporary basis. And so far this season, I think he's played about nine snaps because he's not on the nickel defense. So he should be fresh for the second half of the season. And in the defensive backfield, they've had a couple injuries already and, the, it really hasn't. It hasn't been as difficult as you might th- think it would be, and obviously, so the defense seems to be constructed to withstand just about anything and continue to be excellent. And as long as that's true, how do you how do you predict anything but continue to? If not, I don't. I don't think they're going to go sixteen and zero. But mm-hmm. 
how do you predict anything but general success? I am with you. It's this is a very weird. And again, we're gonna look back on this and laugh when they're five and eleven. But it's the offense. I mean, we all know about the offense. They cannot run the ball. They're by far the worst rushing team in the NFL. Again, it's it's like the Twins in strikeouts. If you look down the list and look at how often the Twins strike guys out, and it's like a factor of two different than any other team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, every other team is within 200 strikeouts of each other, and then the Twins are off on the bottom 600 strikeouts less than everybody else or whatever. Yeah. It, that's the way the Vikings rushing offense is. It's like everyone in the league averages about three and a half yards of play. Some of the good ones are up to five yards of play, and then the Vikings are down at, like, 2.2 yards of rushing play or something like that. Just absolutely abysmal. But Now, how much of this do you credit or blame the offensive line? Because it's very well, odd about that statistic and the, the the difference between rushing and passing success this year is it's pretty much the exact opposite last year. Right. They were obviously Peterson was there uh, and and Bridgewater was there, but last year they were an amazing running team and a terrible passing team. That w- I mean, blocking wise, we we said these guys can really run block. I would great. I wouldn't have couldn't said pass they- block worse yet. I wouldn't have said they were an amazing run blocking team, but compared oh, to their pass, were, yeah, compared to their pass blocking, their average run blocking seemed excellent. And now this year, all of a sudden, it's the exact opposite, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, their pass blocking, as anyone who's watched the games, has not been great, no. but it hasn't been. They haven't been getting sacked a lot. Let's put it that way. I mean, Whether Sam Bradford's alive. Yeah. So that's a real feather in the cap for that offensive line compared to the expectations. <laughs> that, we thought he'd be dead. We thought he would literally... Hey, we make a lot of jokes about people being dead, but they're just hurt. In this case, we actually thought he would have lost his life Well, the, no, I mean, field of play. You remember very clearly the four of us got together in a Google Doc uh, a few weeks ago and pre-wrote his obituary, like mm-hmm. the New York Times. I, I think some of the parts about his college career at Oklahoma are a little bit hurtful, and I don't think they should be printed. I, we might want to go back and revisit that a little bit. Let's make sure some that of, link is private. Let's make Some sure that's those, not one of those public Google Doc links. Yeah, the, even even the thing where you can edit it if you have the link, I don't think we even want to do that. No, I think no, no, no. Lock it down as much as possible because I they were actionable. Let's put it that way. Probably be in WikiLeaks soon. Yeah, I would imagine. Topical. We're very. Putin's topical. got them right now. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I have some questions for you. All right, go. Why are they so much better than last year? The Zimmer is Zimmer. He's last year he was uh, eighty four years old. Now he's eighty five years old. He is who he is. For the most part, their defense seems seems kind of the same, right? I mean, I Kendrick Barr sure Smith. I'm I'm not sure I agree with that because you have a number of guys, two of whom you just mentioned, in Kendricks and Barr, who last year. It was like they're showing the signs of being good. All right, so you're, you're going to go with year, the they maturation. They, they I think, just I think they're coming that's in right. their own. Yeah, well, it has to be because there there's no. I mean, we obviously didn't sign anybody big. It's Linval Joseph and Everson Griffin and uh, Robinson and Hunter, and then the yep. linebackers are who they are. The I mean, Newman's still playing a ton. Harry, Harry Smith's playing a ton. Sendejo, Bob Blanton, same guy basically, probably the same person. Uh, I mean, Rhodes, Bob Bland's out of the league now, and I assume that 
he just came back as Andrew Sandejo. Bob Blanton was on the Bills, and he start tried to start a brawl before the game with uh, Jacoby Brissett from the Patriots. You know, I our guy. He, 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 he's shadows. from the shadows. <laughs> he came out of the shadows pregame to start a fight. So that's <laughs> our guy, Bob Blanton. So yep. you're gonna go with. Just another year, like a third year with Zimmer and his guys, yeah. And they're just sort of they're gelling. You're gonna go with at this the point, gel story. I th- it has to be I right. I think if if you took the four of us and had Mike Zimmer coach us for a year, I'm pretty sure we would be a serviceable defense. Like I, I I'm not sure exactly what black magic he can work, but I'm pretty sure if you took Mike Zimmer and even put him with like the Gophers defense, Ooh. they would suddenly be an excellent Scalding. defense. He's just that good. Scalding hot take. So I, I obviously you can't say enough good things about Mike Zimmer at this point, and it's too bad Clarence isn't here because the thing, the good things he has to say about Mike Zimmer have really transitioned from just being plaudits for his coaching into the realm of fan fiction at this point, I would say. It is very odd to see. I, it's adorable, I'm actually. Sure, yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure if you go to Clarence's computer at work and just open up the file mark private, he, he thinks there's a password, but you can't just type password in the in the f- name of the folder and have it be password protected. There's some Mike Zimmer fan fiction that is kind of, I, I'll, I'll say shocking. I'm just I'm guessing here, but I'm pretty sure this is true. Clarence yeah. loves Mike Zimmer in a very pure and real way, and I, I just think it's adorable. Old school guys love other old school guys. Yeah. Because they, they fancy themselves a dying breed, and you can, Clarence saw Zimmer on a tractor and just just came in his pants immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a lot of Didn't a lot of get tightening, his pants down. a lot of tightening in the slacks for sure, yes. right there. Yeah, just because he's like, oh my god, he likes tractors. I like tractors. I love them so much. <laughs> I I can drive a tractor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing though that we need to start talking about, if you're prepared, the biggest difference between last year and this year, I think, is the quarterback position. Well. All right. Um, All right. Are you you weren't ready? We didn't talk about this in the green green room. I think I know what you're getting at here, and I'm just going to say already, I don't like it. You don't feel comfortable talking about this, but I don't like I don't like where you're going with this. Like this, this, I I feel like you're going to get you're going to throw some truthiness at me here, and I don't like it. My question is: Are you ready to apologize to Sam Bradford? No. Okay, I'm glad. This is not the question I thought it was going to be. I was really stealing myself for a, for a long-term defense. Uh, well, and then I have, I a, I have a sub-question in addition to that one. Or right, I'll, I'll get ready for that one. Are you, are you ready to apologize to Sam Bradford and or Rick Spielman for making that trade, which we initially shit all over? Or, yeah, I, or honestly, at this point... I'm not sure this is something I would say if Clarence was here because he would yell. And yep. I don't like when he yells. Yep. But we really need to reevaluate our podcast opinion on Rick Spielman at this point. Well, I don't have to. I've always been ambivalent on him. I think what Clarence would say, if I can channel him, is this was probably a Zimmer move because he knew how good of his defense was. He told them oh, to go yeah, get somebody. That's true. <laughs> that's right. You know the law. 
If it works oh, out I, well, it's Zimmer. If it doesn't I work, I take back. I take back the starts of what I'm sure it sounded, Clarence. Like I was about to say good things about Spielman, no. but I forgot that no. what we do is we credit Mike Zimmer yeah. for everything good that happened. Zimmer walks so. into Wilf's office and is like, "I've been watching these guys in 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 camp. Yep. We got, we got some guys this year. It's my third year. We're gelling. Guys in the mainstream media are going to be talking about how well we're gelling here in a few weeks." I need you to make something happen. You, you stupid asshole GM of mine has been stockpiling picks, and he's going to blow them anyway. So let's yeah, just get rid of him and get me a <laughs> We should talk that everybody on the offensive line is hurt, and Willie Beaver still can't get off the practice squad. What an awful, <laughs> that's how, yeah. That's how bad of a pick that was. He's He is the highest draft pick in last year's draft that did not make a 53-man roster. Oh, really? I thought there was another guy that yep. was like maybe right after him. Either way, absolute disaster. Fourth, no, Willie fourth, Beavers. Fifth round? Fucking yeah, Willie. fourth rounder. Um, fourth round tackle. Everybody knew he was terrible. Rick thought he saw some. But here, yeah, you're right. What happened is he went into Will's office and said we need someone. Yep. And they both went down the hall, and there's Rick sitting there. He got. We're pretty sure he's got pants on. We're not for sure. He's playing, playing the movie Rudy, just sitting there with his golden helmet on. Thumb up his ass. Just singing, singing the Notre Dame fight song, and so they said, "Oh, we need we need a quarterback." And Rick said, "Oh, uh, I got Brady Quinn's phone number. I'll call him." And yeah, that, that's when Zimmer punched him in the face. Yep. And after that, the Sam Bradford trade hit, happened pretty quickly. Zimmer said, "Fuck it, I'll make the call." Yep, that's right. Well, great job, Zim. Um, yeah. So, so the question is: Are we ready to apologize, or do we need to keep our guard up? Because he's done this before. Bradford has, has lulled people in before. Well, usually what happens is he plays all right and then he gets hurt. So in that sense, he's certainly lulled us in because I think we've forgotten that he's one stiff breeze away from Sean Hill being the quarterback of this team. I think that this is better than he's ever played, though. I don't know if that's considered a hot take at all. I mean, he's always been like decent, but this stretch of at least the last three games, has been legitimately impressive. I mean, even as a guy who all of the... You know me. I'm a slave to to data. Slave love data. to the numbers. You know nobody loves numbers more than Poochie. And the smart guys were saying, um, you know these fucking guys living in the basement who's never, never watched a fucking game in their lives. Those guys, yeah, right? Yeah, they just want to play them on a spreadsheet. The smart, and I use the sarcastic air quotes around smart, the smart guys were saying... If you look at into the numbers, get all up into that Excel spreadsheet. Uh, Bradford is not any better than Sean Hill. Really? That was that was the claim. Yep, QBR and adjusted E percent, blah blah blah, something uh, spat out a number, and they of course just blindly believed it. These fucking nerds, nerds like, like myself. Um, but that was kind of the case. Like he's younger, he has a little bit more promise, but for the most part, on the field, he has basically been Sean Hill. Um, so I kind of came into it uh, from a perspective of, I think my official stance was, I'm actually totally fine with going at it, going after it for a quarterback and taking a shot. I don't think he's the guy. So. I right now have egg on my face because he has been legitimately very good and very fun to watch. So accurate. <laughs> that has been the surprising part that he 
they certainly are not throwing the ball a lot, but it does seem like when he throws the ball forward, it's almost always complete. Which yeah. is strange. Yeah, I know that he's missed a couple. He's missed a couple now, uh, where you know there'll be a guy relatively open and he won't make it, and people are like, "Oh Jesus, he's got to make that throw." Like we're so spoiled, you know, because anybody okay. else, we're like, "Oh, it's fine, it's fine," you know, it's a hard game. Yep. But and no. the Vikings last game, there was something like ten out of thirteen on third down or something, because every set of downs goes the same way where they run the ball into the line twice and yep. then it's third and eight and somehow Bradford drops back and finds somebody over the middle for 12 yards. I mean, how many times have you seen the Kyle Rudolph shimmy and then gets open by like six inches and he finds him? And the amazing thing is it, it looked like Steve Diggs was going to be the entire offense for the first couple weeks. Yep. And then Steve Diggs gets hurt and suddenly Adam Thielen caught 49 passes for 250 yards or whatever last week. Yeah, I think that we need to decipher, you know, because another fun thing to say uh, as a fan is all these injuries and yet somehow, which I think is a fair thing, but we do need to decipher between which of these injuries were actually bad news and which of them were like neutral. You know, like Matt Khalil going down, that was like, who gives a neutral shit? to positive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we lost our left tackle. Like, that, is, that, is that your whole story, that we lost our left tackle? Are you going to point out that he's... Uh, worthless and terrible and it doesn't actually mean yep. anything and like peterson uh yeah he's very yeah, good at this running. line it doesn't really matter whether you put peterson or mckinnon or Stu back there it really is not going to change the rushing offense a heck of a lot and maybe that's just one aspect i mean we talk about all the time running is one of three aspects you also need to pass block and catch passes and <coughs> it's a different game with peterson out of there i wouldn't necessarily say it's as big a drop as most people think and then obviously we we're already talking about right now but as much as we all love Teddy, it's not like Bradford's been a, a drop um, from his past performance. I think a, a big reason that we liked we love Teddy so much is because he's just a little tiny baby. You know, he's eleven well, years old, so we thought he'd be getting a lot better. So, but to but, be fair, if you if you put Teddy behind this pass blocking line, who knows? Maybe he'd be something we haven't even seen before. Something totally. as amazing as we think, but instead, Teddy's just played behind some of the worst pass blocking lines of all time. So. We have no idea because he just has to turn around and run away to save his own life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so so I had three questions for you. My first question was, why are they so much better? Your answer was Zimmer. Gelling. They're they're gelling with Zimmer. Yep. The second one was, are you ready to apologize for Bradford, or are you keeping your guard up because he's done this before? What's yep. And your... my answer was to make up a story about Rick Spielman watching Rudy with his pants off. Yep. Okay. That's exactly. That's a very mature, fair answer. Yep. Okay. Third question. You know, you know, Pucci. I'm not into the X's and O's of football. That's right. You're I, into the stats. I, I just want to. I just want to take a <laughs> slight moment to remind you uh-huh. that the ELO ratings are not the ELO ratings. ELO is Electric Light Orchestra, uh-huh. a progressive rock band. Uh-huh. ELO ratings were invented by a guy named ELO. Oh shit. You Craig don't have Elo? to pronounce all three letters in Elo. Not Craig Elo. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't Craig Elo because he had an H in his Craig name. Craig Elo. Elo <laughs> Raiders. Elo. I did Elo. not know that there was like a guy named Dave Elo. I did not. Yeah. I was not aware. I thought it's that it like stood Jeff for Pearwise. something different. It's like Jeff Pairwise. It's named after the guy that created them. Oh, Jeff Pairwise. Okay, that's very good. Thank you very much for telling me that. I'm sorry to do that publicly, but it was time. 
So you know my feelings on X and O's and getting into Andy like Lowe. the Andy Lowe's um, and getting into like, oh, these guys, you know, the defense is running a man zone blitz, 3-4, 4-3 nickel dime package. I don't give a shit about it. And I purposely don't discuss it because I feel like, and this is this is me having like, this is this is a poochie issue here. I feel like it makes you sound like an asshole. I feel like it makes you sound, not you personally, John, but like people who discuss. <laughs> like, what did I do here? Fuck you, John. Fuck you, man. Uh, I feel like it just makes you sound like you're trying to be smart and you're talking out of your ass because it's football is just fucking pandemonium, and you're trying to sound smart and you're not. But that's r- probably wrong. Um, all that said, since I don't, what, what I'm trying to say is I don't have a, I have zero authority in this, in this realm. And you can, you can tell me to go fly a kite. Am I wrong to say that I really am liking the job that Norv Turner is doing this season? Yep. Yep. You're wrong. Okay. Well, here's the deal. People, you're, talking, you're talking about the world's most boring offense, and I am the, talking about what I thought was the world's most boring offense. But I've seen, I feel like a, a a perfect amount of creativity with a couple two three wildcat packages a game, a couple two three plays with corduroy pantsuit to get him involved somehow, which have worked. Uh, I I think it's a perfect amount of deep passes that they throw. Every game, like a couple of shots for sure to keep the defense honest, but not relying on it too much, which I know like back in the day was like Norv's bread and butter. Like he did that all the time. Throw deep. Um, and uh, I feel like there's been a perfect amount of like really quick passes that have been designed to obviously not get Bradford killed. It seems like there's more plays designed around get it out of his hands quickly than there were last year. Now, whether that's true or not, or whether Bradford just naturally gets the ball out quicker than Teddy did, or if, I don't know, Norv thinks that Bradford is more fragile than Teddy and and has, has worked around that a little bit better than they did. We know the numbers last year. They had a terrible offensive line, but Teddy did hold the ball, I think, like the most in the league, right? Second or third most league. But I don't think that's necessarily his fault. It seemed to be like that's just the plays they were calling took a long time to develop it doesn't seem like that's happening as much this year again i don't know but it doesn't seem like this offense is boring whatsoever they've done a lot of weird crazy things but there's a people we also bitch about guys doing gimmicky things too right so there's some sort of sweet spot there and i just feel like they've sort of found it all right i'm gonna mute i'm gonna mute you i turn your mic off (laughs) I, I don't even. I'm not even <laughs> sure what to say right now. To be completely honest with you, so that's a hot take. Is that a hot take? I didn't know. I wasn't sure if it was or if it was. I, I'm just. I'm still not. And you, you spent a lot of time talking there, and I'm still not entirely sure what your take is based on. So you're saying you really want to give Norva a lot of credit mm-hmm. for only now coming to the theory, you know. What we should try to do if our offensive line is a disaster is not get our quarterback killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to play around your talent. I, That's it would be a good idea to throw a lot of short passes. Uh huh. But they're working. I, I <laughs> I'm I'm not totally sure what to say right he's now. He's also I, throwing deep passes. Like he's he's also I I can't stress enough that we both know you and I know because we break down the film. 
that the Vikings' offensive line is terrible. They're terrible at run blocking. The numbers back this up. They're the worst run blocking line in the league. And I can't stress enough that Norv has called more running plays than all but three or four other offensive coordinators in the whole league. Now, I think what you're saying is you're giving him credit for doing that because not much can go wrong with running plays. But I didn't know for sure that you'd been possessed by the spirit of Woody Hayes and were thinking about punching some guys when they ran out of bounds because obviously they don't they turn the ball over less when they run the ball, but that doesn't make them a good offense. I'm not sure where you're going with this. I am not thinking necessarily about the the number of it is a conservative offense in a way, obviously. I get that. It's a conservative offense in every way, Brandon. No, they throw some deep passes. I feel like a good amount <laughs> of deep passes, more than they well, did last year. All right. I will more give than you credit. I will, I will agree that they have never once punted on a down other than fourth down. They've never just said, you know what? We're going to punt it on second down and let the defense do the work here. Kick it back to them. Let's just get some field position here. They haven't done any of that. The sci- I have another scientific measure for you. All right, let's hear it. Um, I check in on Twitter for about 10 minutes of every football game. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's all you can handle. Just the, the blind vitriol just makes It's enough sad. to make me go insane. Yep. And in those 10 minutes, I scan like seven, 75 tweets of insane people. That that have regularly sane people that just, this is their outlet to, you know, God bless them, this is their outlet to go. Everybody needs some reason to go insane for a little bit. This is their outlet. Of those 75 tweets per week, scientific, I'm using numbers here, it's data. Last year, roughly 60 of them were screaming at Norv. <laughs> so you're saying because... Angry Twitter people yep. don't like Norv. You are inclined to give Norv more credit. No, this is just one data point. Okay. This year, there's less of that. And I think that we know football and football fans enough to know the easiest, the rubiest rube move on the planet is bitch about the offensive play calling. Yeah, I, I've known for a long time that when I'm complaining about a coordinator or worse, a position coach... Oh my on God. Twitter, You've it's lost time it. to get off Twitter. It's over. It's it's just time to put away Twitter, and <laughs> maybe I want to turn to something else on the TV. I'm sure there's bowling on. I've got to be bowling of some kind. Something to calm you down. Yeah, yeah, just something else. Because sitting here thinking, just working up a terrible, all-consuming hatred for Tony Sperano is not what I need to do in my life. Yeah. So there's that data point, which is. People want to bitch about the offensive play calling, and it hasn't been happening as much. So a little bit, I feel like uh, I've never heard anybody after a great game be like amazing play calling going on. Right? They're more like they're like kind of like umpires or plumbers or whatever. Where like the best they could possibly do is nobody's talking about them. In my opinion, um, sure. And we're not talking about it at all. Even though the offense is not great, we're not sitting here. And, you know, you and me were part of the mainstream media, the lamestream media. It's us. Mm-hmm. 
that's part of it's partly our job to to point those things out. Now you made a good point about the number of rushes. I didn't realize they were that high in the list, and that is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but I'm just saying, for me again, the the easy thing to bitch about with play calling is it's boring and it's obvious, right? Like, oh, I knew they right. were going to do that. I knew, I for sure knew they were going to do that. Obviously, I'm smart. I'm on my couch. I'm smart. Um, and then the other way, though, and it happens less, but it's also super frustrating, is they're not boring enough. They're too gimmicky. And that's like, you see it more in college, but that's so fucking frustrating when it's like third and one and you run like a triple reverse running yeah. wide receiver pass. We're like, what the fuck? What are you doing? Why? Why are you doing this? Yeah. It's third and one. We're going to, we're going to line up in one formation and then we're going to do a multiple shift to, to another thing. And then we're going to run motion across the formation and there's yeah. going to be, why are you doing <laughs> what this? What are you doing? Why, why are you doing this? It doesn't happen as much in the NFL. To, yeah. Literally just hand off to the fullback and you'll be fine. Yeah. I just feel like I've seen enough wrinkles this year to make me like, while, can you name a wrinkle other than putting corduroy pantsuit on the field for four plays a game? I think that they are doing two to three wildcat plays, which is fun. <laughs> this an innovation that was introduced a decade ago in the NFL. It's a wrinkle. I'm not saying I'm not saying North Turner's inventing things. I'm just saying like right. I like the play calling. Uh, just enough of the wildcat for me to be like, oh, cool. I'll pay attention because they're pretty boring to watch sometimes. You have to admit that. Like their offense Well, is... pro, pro football is boring to watch sometimes. Yes, for sure. So, if But you, I also think I mean, that Patterson, they have been getting him involved, like legitimately and not like a, uh, just go run some routes and hopefully Bradford will find you. Like they have been getting the ball in his hands. And I think that for his, that to me has been a complaint about Norv and the Vikings in general for the past couple of years of like, well, he can't run a route. Like I don't give a shit. He's really talented. You got to, be smarter than that and figure it out. So they've done that this year, which I think is cool. And then again, you would think, knowing this line, that they're just going to do these like three-yard passes over and over and over and over again because they don't have any time. And they do that a lot. They are conservative. But I do like that they that Bradford has been airing it out more. And a lot of that's on Bradford, obviously. Um, he feels comfortable doing that. But I feel like there are plays designed... So you got like three wildcats and four corduroy pantsuits and three deep shots. That's good for me. I'll take that. Do your ten. Do your ten fun things, and then do whatever else you got to do. Which, as you've pointed out, which I didn't realize, is uh, run forty times a game, which is weird. This, I mean, this broadly speaking sounds to me like the absolute base level of creativity that should be required from any offensive coordinator. But I guess. I, I, I will agree. I'll take your point that it's not as bad as it possibly could be. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I'm willing to agree with that. So we can meet in the middle there, Brandon. It seems like um, one of those things where the base level of any coordinator across a league, though, is kind of bitching about them, right? True. Like we, true. we a couple years ago, I remember would would bitch about the offensive line. Well, we do this all the time, but um, we did this for literally ten minutes already <laughs> on this podcast, right? Uh, and then I pointed out at one point, like, "Hey, there's this uh, website. I don't remember which one that I was referencing it anymore. Um, that says like our offensive line is only like the twentieth worst or whatever it was, right? And you guys are like, "Fuck, that's stupid, idiot, whatever." This was probably Clarence. Yep. But what that I realized is, like, like how the fuck do we know how uh, San Diego's line performs? Like, I don't, I can't compare our line. I just know that our line sucks, not realizing that maybe all lines kind of suck. I just feel the same way, potentially, maybe. Again, I told you I have no authority on this matter, that maybe it's a similar thing with offensive linemen. Because I don't watch other, I do watch other games, and I never come away with it going like, oh boy, that New Orleans offensive coordinator, holy shit, that guy's good. He's like a he's a maestro, a wizard, a <laughs> yeah. football wizard. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I watch the um, Philly is super fun to watch with uh, Carson Wentz, but it's just because yeah. Wentz is really good. Like, yeah, screw him. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's fine. I don't like Carson Wentz. Oh. I'm just gonna say it right now. Do you want to? I mean, the I floor is the like, floor is yours. He's like North Dakota Tebow. Screw him. Yeah, you know, it is a bummer when you're a. Uh, um, when you're sort of a down home, keeping it real type guy, because everybody assumes you're faking it. Yeah. Well, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, like, and he, maybe he might be, but we're just like, ugh. I'm sure he doesn't think he's faking it, but that doesn't make it seem any less phony. Yeah. One of my favorite um, Deadspin moments, and I love. I I will defend Deadspin and Gawker and that whole crew like forever because I think they are really good at calling out bullshit. Um, and I should actually probably have looked this up. So this is going to be considered a sportive fact starting now. All right, good. But uh, J.J. Watt, another, like, I'm just a good old boy type guy, right? He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I got me a got me a cabin in, in Wisconsin. No frills, small little deal. I just go there to unwind and uh, whatever. Somehow the Deadspin team, like, found his address and got, like, photos of the and it you know it's like yeah. a fucking immaculate mansion it was, with like, it was a compound like nine car garage and he's got ferraris he, in the driveway and whatever it's like he tried JJ. to play it off he tried to play it off like he was sleeping just in the woods yeah. underneath an old truck topper <laughs> under the stars man <laughs> oh i just i'm just here to unwind it's, it's really nothing big and yeah. oh, it's just fake i got a lean to uh and a cave and I just sort of like that's my cave, you know. Yep. That's JJ's cave. 
Uh, and yeah. I just thought that was like the most that that was the reason Deadspin was invented to just call out bullshit. And it's it's dumb. It's innocent. Why wouldn't he just be like, "It's a sweet cabin. I love it." No one's gonna like Let's go judge Vikings! it. Stu's here. We were shitting on uh, we're shitting on JJ Watt. Oh, what uh, did he like get another commercial? No, nobody. The genesis of this was uh, John was saying he doesn't like Carson Wentz because he's sick of the the small town, yada yada, whatever. So I was saying JJ Watt is another one of those guys who tries to he tries to be a good old boy and he's not. And I don't know why you need to try to be. Well, it's obviously to get endorsements and it's working. So I. The thing I'm sick of, it, it really has nothing to do with Carson Wentz except that he's espousing this. Uh, we're just real people, down-home people who are from small towns, blah, 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 pickup truck, fried chicken. Just this idea that somehow small towns are better than anything else. And I think Stu, who is from a small town, would agree that that's just not true. It's utter horseshit. It's completely <laughs> utter horseshit. Uh, it's rural elitism. Are you calling Carson Wentz a rural elitist? I think exactly I am calling that it. is. It's like, yeah. you know, you can't have a real life experience unless you're knee deep in hog shit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's just entirely, it's such bullshit. It just diminishes other people's experiences just because there's some, for some reason, there's some sort of authenticity bullshit attached to like farm life. And, and it's nothing against farm life. It's just that, you know, growing up, you know, in the projects is no, you know, that's no walk in the fucking park either. I mean, so whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to go into a whole sociology thing about it, but um, fuck people rich are, people, though, right? Uh, yeah, fuck rich people. Okay, like, good, yeah, good, fuck good. the suburbs hard. Oh but, yeah, um, Ugh. but yeah, there's no. Di- I mean, just because you grew up, you know, on a farm doesn't make you any better than somebody who grew up, like you know, in South Minneapolis or North Duluth or West Ontario. Word to your mother, Stu. You have missed. Uh, you've it's missed been like it's just been. I, I I don't see a Clarence Swamp Town here. Is he okay? No, he's uh, he he did not show up. He's no show. Okay, sorry, but John made it, which was not expected. I don't think John made it. He has spent the first half hour apologizing for judging Sam Bradford, and he's now saying he's <laughs> on board How with Bradford you? as MVP. How dare you? Bradford for MVP how, is what he's been... How he's, dare you misrepresent me in this way? <laughs> uh, Stu, let's ask the question before we move on to uh, to go for football. It's a two-part question. Okay. Are you ready to apologize for our Bradford judgments of it being a bad trade? Or are you keeping your guard up because you think he's done this before and sucked fans in and you're not going to let him get to you? Where are you at? Um, I'm prepared to apologize. Mm. See, John, that's what a man does. Who are um, you apologizing to? <laughs> um, the people who I misled at the start of the uh, season when I said this was a terrible trade and a bad idea. Um, because he's clearly better than I thought he was going to be, mm-hmm. even with an offensive line that is made out of paper mache. Uh-huh. Yep. So, um. Yeah, I was complete. I mean, I, I think the people who've listened to us long enough know I'm never right about anything. So, um, it's not a shock that you're doing this. It's not a shock that I'm, you know, saying, "Up, oh, hey, there's another bad take." <laughs> so, uh, there's a there's a surprise. 
Um, so yeah, I, I I am prepared to apologize to anybody who like made any sort of wager based on my take on the Vikings. They like went went to Vegas and bet the under on their win total for the year. Sorry about that. If they that based was... it on your take, though, that's kind of on them. That is on them. They should know. Yeah. They should know. Come on. 85 wins for the Twins. Yeah, you should know. Yep. You should know. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Not to repeat um, the uh, the bit because we just went through it. So, sorry, listeners, for repeating to Stu. But we have decided that the trade was secretly made by Zimmer. So, crediting but Zimmer Clarence is here. You don't even have to do that for Clarence's sake. No, he's but he's going he's gonna to listen to this. So, we needed to get on record so he doesn't okay. uh, rip us a new one. Uh, Zimmer made the trade while Spielman had his thumb up his ass watching Rudy. <laughs> so that's that. That's our official. He was on, like, an, like, he, he yeah. was on a chat board defending Monty Teo's gullibility. Yeah. Anybody could have done that. Anybody could have fallen for that. We gotta let it go, man. When Clarence isn't here, he's like a Peter Thiel guy where I'm just scared to death that he even exists and I just need to say the perfect thing. Otherwise, I feel like I'm going to die. Oh, my God. He's going to hear it. He's going to hear it. Then the next day, you look down at your phone and you have nine Twitter notifications and it's like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, he found me. He found me. (laughs) He knows. He knows. Nothing worse. Okay. Well, uh, let's... Do you want to move on? Can we move on? Let's do it. Sure. I have some more questions for you, Jonathan, and this is regarding the Gopher football program. Your Gophers. Your beloved Gophers. Yep. Um, question one. Uh, with, using a sort of 2020 hindsight sort of deal, is the Tracy Clay's regime as disastrous as you expected it to be? Is it more or is it less? Looking back on... It's just disastrous in a different way. Is it just... It... It's it's more disastrous than I thought it was going to be. I, I wasn't... I, I really... Maybe I'm misremembering, and somebody who's listened to the podcast can probably go back and tell me that I said horrible things about Tracy Clays, but it, my memory is that I was fairly neutral about it. Like, yeah, give him a chance. You know, I don't have any particular love for Tracy Clays, but is not going to be necessarily worse than anything else. I I think that was my opinion at the time. And I think I was wrong because it's just pretty much been a disaster. It it really feels, for all intents and purposes, other other than the fact that they didn't lose any non-conference games this year, it feels very much like the Tim Brewster era again. Like, well, something will go wrong. I'm not exactly sure what, but something will go wrong. Well, I also and, don't remember your point of view, but I feel like it was a lot of like, uh, I don't know, I guess, yeah. fuck, what, eh, that's what, it felt like a little bit of why not just because this is all a huge disaster to begin with. So I'm going to give you credit for not saying like, hey, hey, let's give, it might work. I don't feel like you ever, at least to me, came well, across with a guy that was like, this, this could be the answer. So it's just it's depressing. Uh, that's that's all it really is going to be, and it'll be depressing probably right up until Clay's leaves. And the thing is, the Gophers have a terrible schedule, so I guess it's possible they could win a number of games yet this year. But it yeah. just doesn't seem very likely. Okay. It seems like this is a team that's going to lose every game it plays for the rest of the season by a touchdown, including to Rutgers, which doesn't even have a football team at this point. 
Yeah, do they just have their rowing team come out or something? Yeah, they they drop football. (laughs) They drop football after losing to Michigan by more than 70 points. They... (laughs) The best part of that was the camera cutting to the crowd after Rutgers got a first down late in the game and a Michigan fan walking over to hug a sad Rutgers fan just who was ready to leave. Wow. Like, oh, but you got a first down, guys. That's nice. good. I'm glad for you. Okay, John, question two. Over, under, give me a date prediction on when Tracy Clays is fired. I think at this point he will last through or he will last the rest of the season because uh-huh. there's no reason to necessarily it's not like they're going to save this amazing season by firing Tracy Clays now so they'll leave him in place for the rest of the year and then they'll look for a new guy I assume so you think this year you think sometime in like March or something is when he's yeah. let go uh, I think I think they could get to three more conference wins fairly easily because they get to play Rutgers at home and there there's a couple other terrible teams like Purdue that are on their schedule still and so I, honestly if you look at their schedule it wouldn't be entirely surprising if they won four games in the rest of the year and so they'll make a bowl game and yep. so you would think they would probably go through with the bowl game and then maybe fire him after that what are the percentage odds that he's the coach next year. Next season? Yep. I think he has about a 20% chance wow. of being the coach next season. Wow. That's that's Which surprising is not to me. Terrible. No, I yeah, have one been in paying... five? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I from again, we're going on off the wisdom of Twitter, but near mm. as I can tell from Twitter Pretty much everyone else is ready to fire him now. And this is not Would like to just fire in the moment, you know, during the game, fire him of like, all right, all right. It's like legitimate. I've put some thought into it. This is a bad idea. You yeah, know, it's, it's, it's well thought out. This is not just out. crazy people. This is not just me. The, I'm not just reading my own Twitter feed. You know like, what Twitter says. Uh, this reactionary nitwit says that Tracy Clay should be fired. No, like people I respect are like, yeah, Tracy Clay is going to be fired soon. <sighs> well, I've... So. Yeah. I haven't been paying close attention, but uh, it's a bummer. Because you're right, the, the schedule was so easy. That it could have been pretty... He had a very easy, like, on-ramp into coaching where it's like, just show a little bit of promise, a little bit of ingenuity somehow. And it's just been a, like, a just a a turd of a game over and over and over. The amazing thing is that fairly easily with better everything, well, from Mitch Light, better out of Mitch Light or better out of Clay's, they could be 5-0 right now and have everybody be amazingly excited like penciling in wins the next four weeks and having them nine and oh going to lincoln in the middle of november to play nebraska yeah which would have been amazing i mean even even though we would have known that it couldn't it probably wasn't going to last it would just be amazing to have a nine and oh go for football team oh totally yeah there there are teams like that every year of like of like even was it Iowa last year that like everybody knew they weren't that good, but they had this great. That yeah, been a blast. They made it all the way through. to the Big Ten title game and then lost. Yeah, it'd be fun. But fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
losing to Iowa is, that's the other thing. You lose to Iowa, you should probably just get fired. Um, that's mostly how I feel. What is your um, point of view on the AD? Do you think he's going to be a – does that change your percentage drastically? Like as, if it was as far as I can tell, I, I don't know this for sure, but as far as I can tell, he hasn't actually found his office yet. Like oh. he's just roaming oh, no. the halls of Beerman. Like is is this my office? Uh, this one says wrestling on the front of it. I think – that this is probably the right, wrestling. I my I mean, I'll hang out here for a little bit until somebody's like, "Yeah, you should move on." But pretty sure this is the wrestling office. So we'll check this out, and you know, the one over in the corner of the building that seems like it could be important. I wonder who is. Well, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here, and then when I find my office, we can really get down and start doing some serious work. So, what specifically? You just you haven't heard anything from him. He does not a hard worker. He's just out and about. What's the deal with him? I I I know almost nothing about him. And that's a bad thing because you're he... a committed, devoted Gopher former employee alum. I mean, just you're say, you're in the inner circle. You're a Gopher. Just go ahead Rube. and say Rube. You're you're a top. You pay attention to Gopher athletics more than what percentage of the. Of the masses, of the unwashed masses, ninety nine percent. No, I don't think I'm that good. I, okay. I read the newspaper. Oh, wow, la di da. So that's, you got that's, that's about all I got. You got that going for you. Well, Which is nice. I can give you, I can give you updates on a number of minor Gopher teams. Let me ask a question a different way. If uh, if old Hansy Norwood was the AD still. What would your percentage prediction be for Clay's next year, as compared to the twenty uh, percent? I think it'd be about the same. Okay, so not a huge effect of well, this guy's coming yeah, in my, and he's a cowboy and he's gonna make his mark by having to fire this guy immediately, or he's a big softy and wants to keep him on. You don't, you're not feeling yeah, my the twenty shift either. My twenty percent is not based at all on Mark Coyle. I'm glad you said his name because I totally forgot it the entire time. I keep just saying AD. <laughs> just hoping Over like his... you're going to say his name. I want right? to say Bob. I want to say Bob. How close is Bob? Oh, boy. Stu, have you been paying any attention to Gopher football? Uh, no. I, I, I watched none of last week's game. Um, like I said, I watched uh, the week before the like the tail end of it, so... Um, I know. Um, go for hockey's in the top ten this week. Ooh, well, their season technically hasn't started yet. Still, they're in the top John, 10. Don't take this from us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we need this. You scrappy underdogs there at the uh, at the barn. I mean, they got another exhibition you're... next week, and then right. they got a, they got some real games a week after that. They play St. Cloud State the next couple of weeks. Love me some go for. They're in the top five. They, they're in the top five. Then it's a couple more exhibitions in North Dakota. I mean, they got a bunch of exhibitions lined up too in the middle of the season. But for a ten-game slate, they got a pretty good slate lined up. So, John, who is yeah, who like do you think's think is going to win? There'll be like thirty, forty students will show up for those games. It'll be awesome <laughs> for them. I think it'll be exciting when they draw as many as five thousand people for some of these go for hockey games. It's a big, it's a big win for them. John, who is going to win the Martheller Cup this year? Do you think? Boy. 
you know, given that I've invented the rules <laughs> and can change them at any time because I'm nothing if not a petty dictator, I think the Gophers are probably going to win the Marcella Cup. Got to say Gophers are front runners, but who's so yeah, you who's going to be the best though of they the play St. Cloud State. They play a St. Cloud, St. Cloud State in a two-game series and lose them both by three goals. I'll just award the Gophers some extra goals. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it's handicap. There's a handicap is the Marcella Cup. Well, who North is... Dakota starts every game down 49 to nothing, and they just have to battle back from that. Okay, so let's say, let's just say, are. outside of uh, your um, wildest fantasies, which sound like they're happening right now, who yep, is the, who's going to be the best team in real time. this year from the former WCHA? Uh, I'm going to go with Mankato State. Wow, really? Okay. So they're good. I don't know. Oh, you don't Mavericks know? Mavericks are good. I don't know any better than anybody else does. Hmm. Well, I don't, I don't. You could have told me they don't have a team anymore, so I don't think that I'm probably on your level. <laughs> no, Mankato State still sponsors a hockey team. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I figured, but I... Okay, so I have another question for you about Gopher football. What is up with this new quarterback? What's his name? Uh, Connor, Connor Rhoda? Conorota. Is that who we're talking about? Is that his last name? Is it like Jim Conorota? Yeah, it's it's Elo Conoroa Rota. <laughs> Elo is his first name, and then it's Conorota. Elo Conorota. Wow, that's the best it. thing is it the backup, right off the, tongue. the backup quarterback who is Demry Croft. Also, you could make an argument that his name is Bob Demry Croft. Bob Demry Croft will come in. You wouldn't even necessarily need a hyphen in that one. No, just Demry Croft. So uh, we know that. Uh, Lakeville Tebow is out, so um, mm-hmm. so Elo Conorota is going to be starting. How old is this? Is this young man? Not old. He's a What's redshirt junior. Redshirt junior. He's a redshirt junior. Oh Jesus! I thought yeah. this was like a freshman situation going on. So no, I'm he's not excited he started as a walk on. Yeah, he's he's been here longer than every other Gopher quarterback combined at this point. Oh Jesus! No, Fuck he it. came here as a walk on and. Just stuck around long enough to earn a scholarship, so that's where he's at. Oh, I couldn't care less. Never mind. I, I don't care. Uh, they're playing. You were real excited that he was like fourteen years old, weren't you? <laughs> this is getting into very awkward territory, but I was hoping he was like a true freshman and maybe going to be like a yeah worth watching, like a Forget breakout it. sensation. Yeah, no, no, he's like he's, a it's like a Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. of golf. He's got a mortgage payment, life insurance, and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Fuck it, I have those. I don't want to. I don't care about anybody. Okay, yeah, so exactly. this is no longer exciting. No, he's a responsible young adult. They are playing Maryland this weekend. FPI has the Gophers at sixty-second best team, and Maryland, Maryland, at fifty-fourth, I believe. If my numbers are right, don't check that. Uh, so they're probably going to lose, like what seven-three? Yep, I think that's right. Seven-three yeah, by a touchdown somehow. Somehow lose with a lot of terrible moves at the end. Ten to three. Okay, moving on. Let's get let's get moving. Uh, MLB playoffs, updated backup teams, Cubs and Indians would be incredible, right? You can't really lose there as a fan, as a normal, as a non-affiliated Just as fan. a fan of baseball, it's like a really great matchup. Just, you know, somebody's uh, horrible, you know, luck will continue and somebody's will end and it'll be, it'll be cool. Yeah, that that to me seems like the dream matchup here because if you look at... Cubs Jays is also fun, but it's not the same. Um, Dodgers 
It looks My like... wife is yelling at Thursday Night Football, by the way, because she has C.J. Anderson, and they just uh, they nullified a touchdown he just scored. So. If, you <laughs> that that, if you wonder what the screaming is in the background. I just figured it was like spousal abuse. I you know, just assume. Yeah. I, I figured wow. your wife was beating your children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, um, so let's just... Let's just root for Cubs versus Indians because that would be super fun to watch. It, it, it hardly ever happens yeah, I, where there's two like you can't lose, yeah, matchups. A in sportive any sport. score update, by the way. The Dodge, the Dodgers have rallied. They're up four to one in the seventh right now. By the way, four to one in the seventh. I love that. I love your the senators. Dodgers. I know that uh, I'm in the uh, I'm in a very small minority of loving the Dodgers, but I uh, well Clayton Kershaw is just you know. Clayton Kershaw is like a top five pitcher to watch, and Rich Hill is not far behind him. Rich Hill is 36 years old. He's playing for the Long Island Ducks or some shit like a year and a half ago, and somehow just one of those dudes who figured it out. He throws hard. He's got an amazing – he's like if Barry Zito added six miles an hour on his fastball. Oh, by the way, it's four to three now. Oh, my God. What happened? Uh, Chris Heisey. Hit a home run? Sure, sure. Oh, Chris Heisey. Old Chris Heisey. Yeah. You can't hold Chris, Chris Heisey, Heisey down. Who in the world is Chris Heisey? You can't hold him down. <laughs> we knew he was going to hit a bomb wow. in game five. I mean, you know, yeah, if I it's mean, a deciding Chris, game. Chris Heisey, is, he's clutch. He shows up. He's got a long history of being a human being who is a baseball player. A long history of that. At least long maybe a history. few months. Well, that's interesting. Um, all I all I know is that my my friend Kyle is a huge Nationals fan because he lives in DC and it's also his birthday today. So I'm rooting for the Nationals. That's fine. That's good. Are you gonna? What if the Nationals win and play the Cubs? Oh, boy, that's a good question. I I don't know the Cubs thing. It's just it's a little bit like when the Red Sox had won a World Series in forever and everybody jumped on the bandwagon and then it turned out to be the most annoying thing in the history of the world. Yep. So I'm a little I'm a little worried about jumping on there. The other thing is Cleveland just won the NBA Finals. The Browns are still absolutely the worst franchise in football. Uh-huh. But what if they turn into Boston all of a sudden? Cleveland? Like the Cavs start winning multiple Multiple NBA championships. The Indians win the World Series a couple of times. What happens there, John? You're what are like we a, do? you're like a Slate article that came to life. It's not going to happen. <laughs> the Indian Cleveland's not going to be the new <laughs> city powerhouse. That's simultaneously the best and most insulting thing anyone has ever said about me. <laughs> uh, that's a perfect burn. Uh, I I just don't see it. It might, but it's a lot of a lot of shit's going to have to happen. For that to work out, um, we gotta move on, man. We gotta. Yeah. I wanted to talk this about. Yeah, should be over now, and we're still just warming up into our third of twenty nine topics. Well, I wanted to talk about the uh, bullshitters' guide to the NHL. We're gonna have to push that off to next week. Um, but I did want to get the your. Lost. Your the preliminary... lost everyone. Is that all? Okay, so I just did want to ask a few thoughts from you on Game One of the Wild. Uh, they got out. They got outshot like thirty-five to twenty or something like that. They look terrible. Everybody says no they just change. didn't show up, and yeah, There's it's no ex- it's exactly the same as last year. Like no, down to the coach quotes and the post-game player quotes, exactly a, the same. It's a bad team in a bad hockey state. That's no, there's no change. 
They're going to be somewhere between the sixth and ninth best team as they have been for the last decade. They're already, after one game, they're chasing a wild card in the Western Conference. Um, Bruce Boudreau looks like a guy who got busted for tax evasion (laughs) all the time. Bruce Boudreau. Uh, Like a guy who's continually getting busted for tax evasion? Is that what you mean? Or like he just recently? Yeah, okay. Uh, All right. He has that look about him. I, uh, okay, so we have one last segment. It's called Sportive Explains. Uh, we are going to go now to our chief meme correspondent, Stu. A meme Oh, explainer. thank goodness we have Stu for this. Thank goodness. Stu, can you help us out? I haven't been paying much attention. John hasn't been paying much attention. I don't even know how to pronounce this word. Can you, can you just take it from here? You know what we want to know, right? Sorry, you guys. You cut out there for a second, guys. Sorry. So you're still Stu, here. Stu, can you talk to I, us I, about... About... Uh, yeah. mm. I, I'm, a, I'm scared to pronounce it. I'm scared to say it. Oh, the the Mauman? Mauman. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I was going to say it. Yes. <laughs> um, are you guys familiar with libertarian presidential candidate Gary Johnson? Sure. Yes, former well, governor of New Mexico. That's actually, John just uh, has proved himself to be more familiar than me. That's more than I knew. I knew Um, his name was Gary Johnson. He keeps appearing um, on television and mm -hmm. making himself out to be a concussed doofus. Yes. (laughs) And uh, he does not know any, like, foreign countries, which actually is an improvement on a lot of other candidates. It's fine, yeah. um, um, He sent out a, a fundraising email um, last night. Um, it was about uh, the uh, Republican nominees' uh, attitudes and groping and bragging about groping women. Only he spelled women M O W M E N in the pitch email in, the, in the, the title of the email sent out to his not in. I mean, there's like you know a fair amount of libertarians out there. Sure. You know, there's a God bless them. A fair amount of people who own comic book shops and, you know, are, uh, aren't terribly employable. Um, <laughs> sorry. That was that was a shot at libertarians. I'm sorry. You guys are really, really good, but your ideas are horrible. The only people um, listening are our moms, and they're not politically inclined, so you're fine. I'm not a libertarian. No, my mom. Nope. Nope, nope, no libertarian. I'm not too worried about getting that political here. But, um, yeah, uh, he... he, he had Mauman in the in the subject line of his of his email. So so is it like um, I'm against groping Mauman or something? Yes. Like was it part of yes. <laughs> like Governor Johnson releases comments on Trump's comments about Mauman? <laughs> it was just even Dave Marthaler thought that was funny. So and <laughs> Dave, Dave sees no humor in anything these days. So wow. It's, uh, that uh, explainer, the diehard golfer football fan. That's better than I was hoping. So that's, that, that's what Mao Men means. I uh, legitimately had zero clue what this was, and just knowing the state of the political discourse and the sides people are taking to this point, I thought it was like Mo Men, like mm-hmm. old country folk men are all joining up and something. So taking, I was very taking lawnmowers to their political opponents. Yeah, that's that's not a you know. 
I mean, it, Stu, it could if, happen, so. if we didn't know anything about this meme and I was presenting you with the two options, one, it's moment and it's a bunch of, yeah, it's guys who ride their actual tractors to City Hall to protest, or mm-hmm. a guy misspelled w- women in a subject line of an email. You'd probably go with moment, wouldn't you? Absolutely. <laughs> the tractor guys. Absolutely. <laughs> guys on John Deere tractors yeah. going into protest there. Marginal tax rate increasing from thirty three percent to thirty three point two percent. Yeah, that would be a that would be a thing I could see. Uh, that actually doesn't make the le- the worst. I, I, it's not the worst idea I've ever heard. Moment, mm-hmm. get on yeah. your. I, I I won't name I won't name the guy, but there was a guy in Ortonville who lost his license and therefore drove down to the bar every day on his riding lawnmower. Sure, which <laughs> technically would also still earn him a DUI, but I think everyone just let him get away with it. Anyway, not a whole lot of damage you could do. Like he accidentally mowed my entire lawn on his way home. <laughs> nah, uh, from what I know of him, he would not have done that much work. <laughs> well, this has been your meme explainer and some pretty hot political conversation. So that's good. I wouldn't say it was, they, I wouldn't say it was hot. I was just making fun of libertarians. So I liked it. I liked it a lot. Well, yeah, Ayn Rand sucks. Sorry. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> uh, that is it for tonight. We had a menu strat that I wanted to go over, but uh, one Clarence Swamp Town wasn't able to show up. So we'll get to that next week. We'll also go over the, um, I mentioned it earlier, the Bullshitter's Guide to Following the NHL, which I want to talk to John about. And we will also, at some point, maybe next week, go over a little bit more in depth of the um, your Minnesota Timberwolves. So we'll do all that later. There we go. Nice. Um, as of now, though, I think oh, we can. Yeah, you definitely just right. did the the whatever oh, horn. But as of now, I think we should probably just call call her a day. Call it. Great. Any, any parting shots? Words of wisdom. Yeah, that's I got hard. nothing, man. Um, did you guys get a good title before? I logged on, or uh, mm. are we still like searching for a good show title? Uh, we'll we'll get to that in the green room. I forgot okay. to write options down. We'll get there. We'll get there. John, did you write anything down? I was supposed to write stuff down. No, just asking if you wrote down a show title. Let's call Wade. Wade will know what a good show title would be. <laughs> he is listening live. We're gonna send this file. He's got a feed. We're gonna send this file to Wade, and then he'll listen to the whole thing, and then call us back. And then we'll title it and then upload it. And that's how you have listened Mm -hmm. to this. So thank you, Mm -hmm. Wade. Thanks, Uh, Wade. Well, love you. Have a good weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Go Vikings. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.